every offseason, NFL bettors and fans alike eagerly wait for Warren Sharp's football preview book to drop. It's an annual must-read if you're looking to make money betting on the NFL. And for a limited time, you can get this year's edition for free. That's right, 100% free. To get your free copy, simply search the official Sharp Football Analysis Twitter handle, which is SharpFBAnalysis, and click the link in the bio. This free offer won't last long, so hurry and grab your free copy today. Welcome to the Sharp Waiver and Injury Show. I'm your host, Todd Burrows. You can find me on Twitter at BestBallNFL, and I'm joined by our waiver expert, Curtis Hirsch. You can find him at Curtis Harsh. H-A-R-S-C-H, and our injury expert, Tucker Bagley at T. Bagley Sports. Make sure you're subscribed to Sharp Angles on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts for all four of our weekly podcasts, including this one, as well as Sharp Betting Show with Ryan McChrystal, Sharp Angles with Dan Pizzuta and Rich Rebar, and Sharp Angles Fantasy with Rich Rebar and a guest fantasy expert every week. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Warren Sharp on YouTube for fantasy football insights, matchup previews, in-depth stats and analysis, and more. And feel free to leave a comment and make sure to hit that like button. We would certainly appreciate it. All right, let's get into a very, very interesting week of football. Tucker, what is your biggest takeaway from the week? I mean, my biggest takeaway first is just how important quarterback health is to success because I, I think that's going to set up my next take. And it's that the NFC is pretty much a two-horse race at this point. It, it's going to be the Eagles or the Cowboys running, representing the NFC. So you're saying the Eagles. Or the Cowboys. Uh, I'll be honest. Like The Cowboys have been impressive in recent weeks. I, the I'm not the Cowboys are such chokers. They are, I mean, and they have 30 you know. years of history to, to kind of prove me wrong in this situation. But I think you look at the the overall field right now, like Minnesota's okay. Minnesota's fine. They, they've racked up a lot of wins. But I think with Jimmy Garoppolo going down and them turning to, to Brock Purdy, the, the seventh-round rookie, the NFC title game is going to be played in South Philadelphia between the Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. I still think the Niners have a chance. Uh, Curtis, um, I mean – the, the dirty secret is Jimmy Garoppolo just wasn't all that good. Um, I only watched some of the game, but I know Matt Waldman posted some really interesting things about Mr. <clears throat> Purdy. Um, your thoughts, uh, do you think the Niners still have a chance or uh, do you agree with Tucker? And what's your big takeaway from the week? Because I don't have confidence in either coaching stat head coaches in Philly or Dallas. I think the Niners might have a chance, but they are definitely at a disadvantage now that Jimmy G is gone. Like how is this kid going to hang hold in during the pressure of a playoff game is kind of going to be where I think the rubber hits the road with that situation. But realistically, he's got offensive weapons around him that do all the work. He's just got to get him the ball in the right spot. So and he's great, got a great coaching system staff. for him to come into, but playoffs are going to be a different animal. And he's got a coaching staff that's smart enough to put their players in a position to win. Um, what's your big takeaway of the week? 
Yeah, my big takeaway is the importance of offensive line for fantasy, especially the teams without the mobile quarterbacks. If I said at the beginning of the year the Detroit Lions were going to outscore Justin Herbert, you'd call me crazy. But here we are. They've got about a 40-point lead on scoring against them, and a lot of it's due to the offensive line. Like uh, that, It's so hard to continually get sustained drives without a strong offensive line. So that's definitely going to go into my take a bigger precedent into ranking teams, especially when you're stacking teams and best ball. I think it might be more important. Yeah. I thought Herbert was kind of fragile, uh, but at the same time, nobody can predict injuries. And we think about big offensive injuries. I mean, the, the chargers have been hurt all year. Uh, both of their best two wide receivers, and more importantly, because of your point with the offensive line, their stud left tackle went down, what, week two, week yeah, one? Yeah, really early. Yeah, and so, you know, it, it's funny how one injury can certainly change the dynamic, but I do agree. Um, I mean, especially for running back touchdowns, when you look at what Jamal Williams has done, no one would have predicted that. I was drafting him late because I thought he was, you know, people were undervaluing his role with the team and overvaluing Swift's. Um, the injury was just luck, but the fact that he's been able to convert so many short touchdowns does have a lot to do with that offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. And he's not even catching balls and he's still getting there every single week now. So. It's it's wild. Um, he has one of the top five or six pass through rates in best ball on the FPC, FFPC. I saw Fantasy Mojo post that. Uh, for me, my big uh, biggest takeaway is similar to yours, um, but instead of offensive line, it's focus on concentrated offenses. Um, I I um, subscribe to another site that has been touting. A rule in DFS over the last six weeks of one of Jacobs or Adams in every lineup. I haven't done it. I've played plenty of both, but I haven't made the rule. But it's, you know, it's when you find these concentrated offenses, you can really go heavy on the guys. Uh, and, and it might not be, quote, a best ball thing because you don't always see it until the season. But in general, I do think. Uh, Tucker, finding concentrated offenses is a good thing. Yeah, and it, it's one of those things that when you're able to do that, it, when it rains, it pours, right? Being able to, to concentrate all of that and, and combine things and, and stack things. I mean, uh, I, I am in a league right now with a team that pretty much loaded up uh, on Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and a few other Buffalo Bills. And when they play like they played on Thursday night against New England – it's over. I think I went against them the week of Thanksgiving. I didn't bother checking my lineup after Thursday because they had a hundred points banked by the time the weekend rolled around. Yeah. I, I think that um, also, you know, what a lot of people do when they draft one of the top quarterbacks is they basically punt second quarterback. And I'm not saying that's a bad strategy, but in the, in a, in a tournament aspect, um, you know, in a season long, I, I think, you know, whatever quarterback you get, if you get a backup at all to Josh Allen. But I do think in best ball, 
you know, having a second guy who can, you know, give you a week on the weeks where your stud um, has a bad week can save you from getting eliminated. Um, let's talk about bye weeks. Week 14 is championship week for tournament leagues, Curtis, and we have a whopping six teams on by. The Packers, the Bears, the Falcons, the Colts, the Saints, and the Commanders. It's just a, me a mess. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, what, what the hell is going on? I don't remember buys being this late and so many of them in previous years. And I know I mentioned I don't look at buys last week. Um, I'm going to have to figure that out going forward because these week 14 buys suck because you can't... You whatever you pick up now, your roster is locked. So I, I don't like picking up guys that are only going to serve a purpose for one week in the money race weeks. So I'm going to have to figure out if this week 14 buy thing continues a way around that, especially defenses or kickers. You're now carrying two, and I, I don't carry two of every position into the final weeks. Tucker, two of the most important people I want to talk about with buys. One is Justin Fields and the other is Christian Watson. A lot of people, a lot of arguing on Twitter about how good or how lucky Watson is. Um, what is your thought? And, you know, for a dynasty league, I'm going to ask first you and then Curtis, what are your thoughts on Christian Watson? I mean, my first thought is I'm upset that I didn't put a waiver claim in for him the week he scored three touchdowns, right? Because it hasn't stopped since. And you look at his draft profile, I mean, he is built like an NFL wide receiver. He's tall. He's strong. He's fast. He just couldn't catch the ball the first 12 weeks. Aaron Rodgers didn't trust him. And that's obviously changed in recent weeks. And it's almost like a switch went off that afternoon. He scored three touchdowns. So I think the Christian Watson we've seen the last three weeks, like I don't think he's going to have a 63-yard touchdown or put up multiple multiple scores every week. But I think this is who he is, right? He was drafted in the second round for a reason out of North Dakota State. I, I think what we've seen from him is kind of what he's going to be for the future. He is a number one wide receiver in the NFL. Curtis, um, a lot of people talking about him as a dynasty asset. If you own Watson right now, are, are you selling what you consider high or are you are you uh, uh, going to keep him? Uh, right now I'm going to hold on to him. He is actually generating, or as of a couple weeks ago, I, when I looked at the target rate, he was actually getting a target on mid 20% of the targets per route run. So that's a pretty good indicator that he could have some success going forward. I know he's lucking into all sorts of touchdowns right now, but I like that target share over a guy like George Pickens who makes unreal catches every single week, but he's getting targeted 15, 17% of the time. That's you're going to have to hit touchdowns with a guy like Pickens and it's going to still boom or bust with both these guys, but Watson's got a bit better chance of getting there because he's getting a few more targets every week. I lean the same way. So one of the things that I try and do is look at, things a little differently. A lot of people who are on the negative Christian Watson, the sell him high side say, well, he's limited as a wide receiver. He's just big and fast and he runs down the field. I think that is assuming a lot. I mean, you're talking about a guy who came from a small school, 
who was injured all all the way up to you know week two or three before maybe even longer before he even hit the field has pr- uh, had massive production in a short period of time who's to say he can't improve on these things that he's not good at I mean when you look at what Devonte Adams was as a rookie and I know not you know you can't compare everyone to Devonte Adams but I think the Sell Watson people might be disappointed because he could be that guy who turns into a complete wide receiver while still having the ability to beat you deep, Curtis. Yeah, totally agree. Hell of a start, and at least we've seen him do it now, and he could get better. It's better. I'm rather bet on one of these guys to continue it or get better than a guy like Brian Edwards, who we just held on to and held on to just based on hope and never really had the metrics to support that hope. And I'm with you. I'm holding. Yeah. I, I saw one analyst say, well, I'm focusing on Olaf and Garrett Wilson. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you're talking about apples and oranges, right? right, of co- right. Of co- you know, of course, you know, you put a high value on those two guys. All right. Let's move on to the meat of the show. Uh, injuries and waivers. The big injury at the quarterback position, Tucker, was Lamar Jackson. But we also got some news that Rodgers might be benched at some point. Trevor Lawrence, who picks up Baker Mayfield. What's your thoughts? Yeah, it sounds like Lamar Jackson's going to miss possibly multiple weeks. Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh already said that, that he's unlikely to play this week. So that would put Tyler Huntley in that start. And I think this is an injury that might hold him out one to three weeks. Remember when he suffered that ankle injury last year, it didn't seem to be a long-term issue. And then, then he missed most of the rest of the season. So I worry about his ability to recover quickly and, and come back from something like that. Trevor Lawrence came back from that foot injury. He was supposed to get an MRI this week. I, I think considering they had no issue putting him back in a game that was already decided and they were down like 25 points at the time. I, I think he's pretty much going to be the starting quarterback and going to be on the field as long as he he's capable of playing. And the Aaron Rodgers situation really intrigues me because Jordan Love has looked okay. He put up 6-9 passing against the Eagles in garbage time. He had that long touchdown to Christian Watson. I wonder if Jordan Love in that offense with a, a couple of those weapons with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, I wonder if he's worth kind of a waiver claim, right? If you're going into a situation at the end of the season where – you don't have a legitimate backup quarterback. There's no reason to keep Russell Wilson or anybody on your roster. Jordan Love is going up against a, a couple easier teams. He's got Minnesota Week 17, which has the last-ranked pass defense in the NFL right now. He could be a guy you can stash on your bench. And if you have someone like Josh Allen or Justin Fields who gets hurt, Jordan Love seems like a decent boomer bust option for, for championship week. I, I love that. <clears throat> I think I even might have put it on the notes. Um and uh, guess who has two teams currently in the FFPC that are set to advance as of today that have Tyler Huntley as the third quarterback stacked with Mark Andrews. So I, I, I made a couple of those, uh, you know, on the off chance. Um, it, it, so, I'm, you know, no offense. I didn't have a lot of M- Lamar. Uh, to begin with, and believe me, I've made plenty of mistakes this week. But in the twenty-round drafts, Curtis, I, I think it's worth taking shots on situations like that. And I think I'm the only guy in the tournament that has that stack. Um, 
Anyway, and uh, who are we picking? You know, enough patting myself on the back. But uh, I did think it was kind of interesting. And, you know, as far as who do you think you want to pick up this week at the quarterback position? No, that That's a hell of a strategy because I was looking at some of my drafts and I got uh, Mike Davis in the 20th round who's providing a little bit of value for week one and two. But when the money rounds come, he's gone. So definitely a appreciate your strategy a lot more as that's going to hit when the money counts. So I, I like that idea. And yeah, Huntley's on the list this week because he's Lamar light. He runs, he's averaging about 55 yards a game and he targets Mark Andrews. So it's a great, great stack this week. Um, I also like Mike white moving forward. He seems to be struggled a little bit at the beginning of the game last week, but really got going and he's got Garrett Wilson who yeah is a stud I, I get it but and he's got Corey Davis and they finally got Elijah Moore out on the field a bit more they he's got three weapons that he can move the ball to and they've got a nice schedule moving in so Huntley I, I like higher upside I just don't know how many games he's going to play Mike White's the secondary guy that I'd move forward with yeah I I definitely miss Garrett Wilson um, I'm not as good at wide receiver tape as I am at running back tape. And I that's a big area of improvement for me next year. You know, trying to see beyond, you know, you mentioned the whole thing about Mike Davis versus Tyler Huntley. Another way to look at it is these young wide receivers. You know, my logic was, well, you've got Elijah Moore, you've got Corey Davis. There's just not enough uh, and rookie wide receiver. There's just not enough room. And I remember arguing with someone who told me, well, what if? And I poo-pooed it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I definitely regret that. Yeah, it's hard uh, because we we look at week one, not thinking about week 17 sometimes. And I don't even know if he touched the field in week one or two. And then the cream just kind of rises to the top. And he he's definitely earned that role he's got right now. Absolutely. All right. Over at running back, there wasn't really n- a lot of new injuries, um, but Josh Jacobs uh, didn't practice on Monday. Uh, Joe Mixon still hasn't cleared the the uh, concussion protocol, uh, and and Foreman I know is injured. What are we looking at, uh, Tucker? Yeah, I mean, Josh Jacobs, they got a Thursday night game this week, which certainly speeds up that timeline. But he was considered a limited participant in in Monday's practice report. So I I think he's going to play. He was dealing with calf and ankle injuries heading into Sunday and still finished with 140 yards and a touchdown. So I I think the the Raiders are pretty much going to ride him to the end of the season. So I, I wouldn't be too worried about his ability to get on the field. Joe Mixon seemed... Like he was close to playing on Sunday, seemed like he was maybe at the last stage of concussion protocol and and just didn't make it across the finish line. So I imagine later in the week, Wednesday, Thursday this week, he'll be activated and good to go. The the other guy that I would be worried about, and really it's this whole backfield, is what's going on in Seattle. They just added Wayne Gallman to their practice squad because Kenneth Walker is is down with an ankle sprain. DJ Dallas has an ankle injury of his own that Pete Carroll described as a high ankle issue which is certainly nothing you ever want to hear. And then Travis Homer, their other running back, was inactive on Sunday anyway with his own injury issues. So 
I don't really know what's going on in Seattle. I, I, Pete Carroll seemed optimistic that Kenneth Walker would play this week, but he seemed optimistic yeah. every week as long as – He's optimistic when it's raining that the sun will come out any Yeah, I mean, you could show up with two broken legs, and he could say with a straight face that you might get your casts off by the end of Friday and be on the field Sunday. So I would certainly take all of that with a grain of salt moving forward. But that also opens up a lot of possibility for that backfield. If you're someone like me who has – Kenneth Walker or Dante Foreman, I, I look at that situation as, as a big void heading into the weekend that someone has to take those carries. Yeah, I mean, Curtis, you know, in a world uh, on Twitter where people seem to do victory laps way, way, way too early, it looked like Kenneth Walker was the league winner. Now he's going to miss a couple weeks. And in tournament leagues, where you need to put up three good weeks in a row, having a guy like that miss one, maybe two of those weeks uh, can really shake things up. Uh, who are you looking at picking up this week? Is there anyone on buy that you might just try and slip on your roster? Um, it, you know, if you have a, a like an FFPC mm-hmm. team where you're already advancing. Yeah. Uh to Tucker's previous point, I think DK Metcalf did show up with a broken leg at one point this week and still played. Like I, I'm pretty sure there was like zero percent chance like I could have played after that. He did. Year. He had. <laughs> I think they thought he split his patellar kneecap, <laughs> and he still was like, "No, nah, I'm good. I'll be back yeah. on Sunday." Yeah, I'll just show up Sunday and play. And still literally a, a Terminator. So, so maybe, maybe there's reason for Pete's optimism. But yeah, this Seahawks, uh, it, it's a mess. I, I do like Travis Homer because I think out of all the guys that are left standing, he had the most dual ability of pass catching and running back combo. But the fact they signed Wayne Gallman today means that someone's not healthy over there. And uh, like Tucker had mentioned, the high ankle sprain for DJ Dallas. I'm not on that at all, but it's either going to be Homer or Tony Jones Jr. And I don't know if we can get too excited about Tony Jones Jr. Um, and then you, you'd mentioned bye weeks. Like Darrington Evans is quietly playing a couple snaps in Chicago. And I've always been a fan of his. So I, I would sneak him on if need be, but I don't have a lot of hope in that offense moving forward. Yeah, I, uh, I, I I like the call on Homer. I think he is the, the clearly my favorite of the three, um, you know, simply because he does catch passes. And then, you know, we've seen it before where the guy's the third down guy, but then he ends up getting half of the carries between the tackles as well. Right. And, and then he's a 10 to 15 point guy, and that could be enough to help you win your league. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's move over to the wide receiver position. Uh, Waddle was lame. Um, he said he's going to play, but um, I, I want an up, uh, update there. Sutton, um, and then Jerry Jones came out today and says, I don't trust Odell Beckham's health. Uh, what's your update on these guys, Tucker? Yeah, you mentioned uh, Jalen Waddle. He did play a lot. He still played 24 snaps. It's on and off the field quite a bit. On Sunday against San Francisco, had five targets, but just one catch for nine yards. I think even when he's injured, they're going to try to get him involved in the offense. You could see a situation where he's only playing about half the snaps, which certainly cuts into his you know fantasy outlook. But you look at who they have this week. They're playing the Chargers, who 
don't really have a, a great pass defense at the moment. They, they've given up 20 passing touchdowns, which is 27th most in the NFL. So I still think he, he he's a, a starting situation as long as he's on the field. Cortland Sutton, I have kind of other thoughts about. He has a hamstring injury. He's considered day-to-day by Nathaniel Hackett, but hamstring injuries, especially on wide receivers, one week seems optimistic for him to come back without missing any time. And quite honestly, him healthy in that passing offense wasn't worth much anyway. Him being gimpy and, and lame in the worst-ranked passing offense in the NFL just seems like a waste of a roster spot right now. Yeah, I, I think uh, that that is a very, very fair point. Uh, who are you looking at picking up, uh, Curtis? Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's time to just cut bait with Sutton uh, rather than have him take up a roster spot because he wasn't actually producing. What does he have, one touchdown on the year? So I, Yeah, I'm he hasn't had one, I think, since week four. And yeah. they didn't have Jerry Judy for a three-week stretch, and he got a lot of targets, and mm-hmm. I don't think he ever had more than 60 yards in a game. Yeah. I'm with you. I think you can. That's a not that many teams with him are still around, but if you do have them, I cut bait with them. Uh, DJ Chark had a huge game, and they've got another nice matchup this week. Are people going to chase those points? Probably the offense still runs through him on Raw, but maybe, maybe Chark's ready for back to back weeks, or maybe they just played him a lot because of the revenge game. I wouldn't hate seeing Williams have more of a role this week and you could see a couple huge plays from him, but if Chark is available, you got to take a shot on him. The Lions offense is rolling. And then I'm, I like the Miami passing offense. So I'll take a flyer on Sherfield as, as just a in case Waddle is hurt type thing. Yeah. Uh, back to the whole point I tried to make earlier about good offenses, Right. You know, uh, I think I said last week that you could drop anyone on the Rams. Uh, I'm pretty much almost at that point with the Broncos as well. Except Mike Boone. Mike, Mike Boone, Boone. Our, 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 our running back and savior. Mm-hmm. Um, at tight end, Hayden Hurst got hurt. Uh, what's the latest on him? And are there any other tight end injuries I missed? Yeah, I think Hayden Hurst is going to be inactive this week. They've pretty much already said he, he's unlikely to suit up, so that means Mitchell Wilcox will get the start. I think he has like seven career catches. That certainly isn't worth anything. Um, but I'd rather talk about the breaking news, Todd, if that's okay with you. Oh, I didn't get I, – I we always seem to get uh, breaking news. Go ahead. You know, you know those famous Tuesday afternoon news dumps that yeah, you're always yeah, hearing yeah. about? That's – that's why we recorded this time. But Baker Mayfield, who we discussed a little bit earlier. Wait, let me guess. Let me guess. Niners. No. It's right division, though. Ooh, hold LA on. Rams. Oh, Rams. Rams. Yeah, he signed with the Rams. Um, uh, according to, to Adam Schefter, they believe in his quarterback talent. They want him over John Warford, who's dealing with a neck injury right now. And they're hoping he signs with another team in the offseason so they can get a compensatory draft pick. Interesting. Seems like a lot of wishful thinking on their part. I mean, imagine being Christian McCaffrey and getting traded away from Baker Mayfield because he's killing you. And then he ends up back in San Francisco. It could have gotten ugly. Yeah. But I, I, I will say that I don't know that Baker Mayfield doing anything at this point qualifies as big news, but um, we'll go. I'm curious to see him with Sean McVay. If Sean McVay is holding his hand enough, I'm curious what he's getting. Well, yeah, uh, 
I think that, you know, there's talk that Matthew Stafford might have to retire. So, I mean, it, it does give Baker a shot. And, you know, the problem with a guy like Baker is you, you think, well, he's better than 90% of the backups in the league. He could have a long career. But then you watch him go around headbutting people after he doesn't play and just generally act like a, a, a jack, you know, butt. Um, and, and, and you wonder if, if it's, you know, like you see Jameis being benched now, you know, at the quarterback position, if you're not considered a stand-up guy, it can hurt you more than any other position. Uh, Curtis. Yeah, Josh Johnson. Ask him how it's going for him. Pretty sweet gig he's got over there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the worst thing that can happen to a backup quarterback is that they have to play. Right. I remember uh, remember Clipboard Jesus, uh, Whitehurst, was that his name? Yes. And, um, you know, he, he he always had a job. And then one time he had to go in and play and like through five interceptions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he could have lasted in the league like another 10 years just sitting there holding that stupid clipboard. But, you know, when the worst thing that can happen to a lot of these guys is that they actually get in the game. Yeah, All right. exactly. Tight end, anybody? I know you hate tight ends. Oh. It's it's like the who said a uh, teenage wasteland, but um, a tight end wasteland. A tight yeah. end wasteland. Yeah, I do. I do like uh, Danny Bellinger out in New York. He came back and played a nearly a full complement of snaps, and he just had a really tough matchup against the Commanders. He still got five targets, and but he was on the field every snap nearly, and that's really solid against them. I. I have no problem shoving him into lineups moving forward. And then you've got the rookie out of Tennessee. I'm not going to try to attempt that name, but he's picking up more pace and a few more snaps every week. And if Traylon Burks is out, I'd, I'd take flyer on him. All right, let's move over to kicker and defense where hopefully people took our advice and loaded up last week to make sure that they had to, uh, because with six teams on by Curtis, um, the pickings are going to be pretty slim. Yeah, the, the defense is, it's tough now. If, if you don't have one by now, I'm looking for a couple of teams where I had uh, Green Bay last week, and I, the, there's not much out there. In terms of kickers, I would be heading down the road of a Minnesota kicker. They play in high enough scoring games. He's playing indoors. And then like flyer defense, the Chargers have an easy schedule moving in, but it's a lot of running teams, and they don't put up a lot. You don't get a lot of points when. But it's the other Dicker team the kicker. Uh, I'm talking defense. Sorry, no, oh, okay. just a flyer defense. I, I would throw the Chargers out there. They haven't done anything all year on defense in terms of sacks. Uh, they did get a interception, although it was probably pass interference this week. But uh, they do play Baker Mayfield in a couple of weeks, so that. That might um, put up some points for them. So that's my flyer defense, but I do like Greg Joseph as my kicker moving forward. Yeah, I I like Dicker the kicker. He seems to he seems my to be only pretty good. The problem with him is what if uh, 
what if he's not on the roster in the last couple weeks? That's... I, I I get it. Um, I just like saying Dick I, I, no, and I, I like him as well. Like he's done a solid job. Well, I mean, you know, the <laughs> San Diego, San Diego, the Chargers have just had this history of always having the worst kicker in the league, <laughs> who who loses them games. I think it's going to be hard to move off of a guy who's actually converting his kicks. Right. But uh, what do I know? You know, we've seen NFL coaches make some really oddball choices. Um, let's get to our final segment, the uh, must add, must drop. And this week it is Curtis first. Okay. I'm going with a Travis Homer with a contingency of Wayne Gallman, if uh, Travis Homer can't go. I prefer Gallman as a three-down type of guy than Tony Jones. And then I'm going to drop Brandon Cooks. I'm going to go with uh, Purdy as the uh, my must-pick-up because there are a lot of weapons there, and Kyle Shanahan has always just had a history of getting these quarterbacks to play well. And the fact, as I said, as much as I was a Jimmy Garoppolo stan at one point, the guy hasn't been good. And, you know, I, I think Purdy could be an interesting pickup. My must drop is Marcus Mariota. Not only does he play for the worst head coach for putting up fantasy points, maybe since Jeff Fisher, um, but he also... Um, was not assured that he would even be the starter the rest of the way. Um, and with Ritter sitting back there, that's my must drop. Tucker? Uh, I was between two backup quarterbacks, but if you're going to win a championship, you got to be bold. I'm going to pick up Jordan Love. I, I like his upside as we head into championship weeks, especially, I mean, really only if they bench Aaron Rodgers, will that pay off? But I, I think especially with them on by this week, you can get him for next to nothing on the waiver wire. And then I want to drop Jamison Williams. I think everyone kind of held on to him waiting for this big breakout moment. He played eight snaps, didn't get a target. And I, I know we can expect his role to grow over the next couple of weeks, but the fact that he came back after that long recovery and they didn't bother to just throw a token pass his way, they're up like 25, give him a screen pass, get him a slant, try to get his feet wet. And they just kind of let him run eight routes and then took him out. I think is silly. There are rumors that they wanted him to play special teams as a gunner uh, on Sunday morning. Thankfully that didn't happen, but I, I think he's just going to be wasted in Detroit for the rest of the season. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you for watching the waiver show of sharp football. And don't forget to watch our other three shows coming up. The sharp betting show with Ryan McChrystal sharp angles with Dan Pizzuta and Rich Rebar and Sharp Angles Fantasy with Rich Rebar and Fantasy Experts. Subscribe to Warren Sharp on YouTube, hit that like button, and ask a question. Get an answer. That's going to do it for us for this week. Thanks to all of you for listening.